You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. Welcome to 2021! Happy Woo! New Year, everyone! Hell Year's Yay! over! We made it past the hellish year that we was 2020. It. The shit year is gone. And now we can begin a new shit year! Yay! <laughs> Although, hopefully, uh, like, slightly less. less shitty? I mean, I feel like the bar is... Literally so low. The bar is like we like we dug a hole and buried the bar under the earth. Why would we do that, you guys? Because we needed it to be lower so we could have something to clear. You're not wrong. <laughs> Damn. Well. <laughs> well. Well. That, with that, uh, like chipper. Off chipper to a great bright start. Yes. Again, happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2021. Um, welcome to Dungeonpedia. Welcome to Dungeonpedia. Welcome on- back. Our end, nothing's really going to change that much starting off. We're still yeah, just nerding same out. Same place. Same same nerdy place. Same, same equipment. Same nerdy time. <laughs> Different <laughs> shitty year. Different topics. Uh, yeah. De- I mean, yes, definitely different topics. I mean, sure. we're not just going to rehash the same old again. That would be weird. That would be like some fucking uh, Groundhog Day shit. That would be. Let's not Groundhog Day anything that happened. I mean, I don't know. Some of my early episodes, I look back and I'm like, I kind of want to do that again because I know I could do it better now. Yes, but that just shows our progress. It's true. Yeah, I guess. Let's get down to it then for the topic of uh, today and the very first topic of 2021. Okay, what what is is our very first topic of 2021? The Githyanki. Githyanki? 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 I've tomato, always pronounced tomato. it Yankee, but it probably is Yankee in all honesty. I've I've always pronounced it Githyanki in my head. Yeah, same. Well, now I have to look up the actual pronunciation, because that is something I didn't do during my research. It I mean, happens. that's par for the course. Like, that is that was not on our list of New Year's resolutions. It should have been for us to learn how to pronounce things. But, but it wasn't. A lo- because you shouldn't make New Year's resolutions that are too lofty for you to achieve. And, <laughs> like, we're, nev- we're not going to learn how to pronounce things, guys. I'm just saying. Okay, so, um, first off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Looking at the pronunciation isn't terribly helpful for me. What the hell does that like weird A E combination symbol? A. It, it makes an A sound like um, Damon. Wait. I think. Get the A. Yeah, it'd be Yankee then. So then yeah, Holy it's shit, you're right. Oh wow. Dang. <clears throat> Give it up for Woo! Travis. I did it. I don't also, know. I think get the Yankee sounds better. I also think get the Yankee sounds better, but they didn't consult me on the pronunciations of things in Dungeons and Dragons, because had they a lot of them would be very different. So yeah. true. But uh, thank you to Angus Kirk. Thank you, Angus. I don't know what we're thanking you for yet, but thank you. I'm assuming it was a suggestion. Yes. Okay. <laughs> for this suggestion, had I been allowed to finish my statement. 
I just wanted to. I just wanted to thank him. I'm very excited. Thank uh, you, Angus. Yes, uh, Angus sent us an email, For and listening to this us is the second suggestion I believe he has sent us. Uh, this one was much broader because uh, specifically he asked for the Gith, the Gith Yankee, and the Gith Zerai. That's a lot of Gith. Okay, I know that I know that two of those are are excellent things, but okay. Yes. So, quick note that I found, which I thought was pretty interesting: the term Gith Yankee first appeared in George R. R. Martin's novel *Dying of the Light* in 1977. I think, huh. Um, it was then used by Charles Strauss, who at the time was a writer for the White Dwarf magazine, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a long running magazine published by a British gaming manufacturer called Games Workshop. Oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was published in the, what is that, uh, magazine number 12. Um, there was an interview I found with Charles Strauss that basically said that he took the name, but none of the details, and then added them into the Fiend Folio for first edition. Okay. Huh. And from the little bit I kind of understood is, I guess, even in the original novel, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of explanation behind the Githyanki anyway. Yeah. So he just kind of took it and ran with it. Maybe they're going to be in the winds of winter. (laughs) Not that we'll ever know. (laughs) Anyway. Hmm. So a general description, and this pretty much sticks solidly through the entire, well. Yeah. Yeah. Up to the point that I got in my research, because heads up, this is going to be a multi-parter. Wow. I think I'm going to have a heart attack of not surprise. Yeah. And this episode specifically is more about the Gith Yankee more than the Gith Zerai. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? That's a very good question. Oh, because it's fun. Yeah. So uh, Gith Yankee are tall, slender humanoids with rough, leathery yellow skin and bright black eyes that were sunken deep into their orbits. It says bright black eyes... It also is used as, like, kind of shiny black eyes. Okay. Got it. So their eyes just kind of, like, glisten, I guess. Okay. They have these, like, long, angular skulls with, like, small, highly placed, like, flat noses. Their ears are pointed and serrated on the backside. Ooh. Serrated. Serrated. Dang. And, uh... Generally, they have red or black hair that they will put into most of the time, like a knot of some sort, mm-hmm. and pointed teeth. Lewin is under the trap. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Mm-hmm. Lewin, I sure easy. am. <laughs> I sure am. So, uh, the Fiend Folio for first edition, published in 1981, their alignment, it says, is variable, but is always evil of some kind. And that more or less sticks true as well. They're almost always evil of some sort, whether okay. it's chaotic evil or neutral evil. Or lawful evil. Or those lawful are, evil. Those are the three types of evil. Yeah. They're usually almost always some kind of evil, minus some very few and far between exceptions Exceptions where They're something they else. can be considered something else, but that's if the DM wants to like write them in as... An outlier. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, So they are a race of humanoid creatures that were dominated by the Mind Flayers 
millennia ago. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly specific on what race they were from prior. Some sources say that they were humans, and some say that they were still just some other humanoid race that were enslaved. Either yeah. way, they are humanoid regardless. Right. Yeah, and because the, the illithid love enslaving people. Yep. <sighs> and that's exactly what they did. They would use them as slaves, mostly. Uh, from right. time to time, they would choose, quote, choice <laughs> victims choice. as food. That's some choice victims. That's some choice wording right there. Yeah, choice victims as food. Um, because of how long they were enslaved with the Mind Flayers, they slowly began to build up a minor tolerance to the mind-controlling effects that Ooh, they had on them. That's intriguing. Some of them started to develop psionic powers because of it. Ooh! So gradually, and obviously very much in secret, they would develop these powers and the strength of them so they could eventually free themselves. Yeah! yeah. We love a good slave revolt here. Um, eventually, a female by the name of Gith oh. stepped forward. She was the strongest of all of them. She had the strongest, like, mental fortitude and yeah, everything like else. Right. Psionic powers. And she led the rebellion against the Mind Flayers. It was a very long yeah. and vicious struggle, and eventually they did win their freedom. Fuck yeah! After that... At this point, it says they became known as the Githyanki and quickly gained a reputation for being powerful psionics and very deadly fighters. Hell yeah. Um, they live in the astral plane, and sometimes if they're going to the material plane, they will project themselves to the material plane, but not actually travel there physically. That's so fucking smart. Can we talk about how smart that is? Yeah. I mean, it is a really smart move, like... Yeah. They have this ability to project themselves to the material plane. They're not going to go there physically until they know where they need to go. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the <clears throat> move, honestly. Because they'll project themselves and then they'll scout out areas and eventually go and set up all these very small, like, refuges. Ref refuges, yeah. Refuges. Like, a, like encampments. Kinda. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, underground that they would then use as bases for raiding humans and mind flayer settlements. Um, they always have a constant war against mind flayers. I wonder, I wonder why. why. Just gonna throw that out there. For some unknown bizarre reason, they really hate mind flayers. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. Mind flayers fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, even not bearing in mind their shared history with the Githyanki, Githyanki, whatever, uh, my first fucking suck. They yeah. like, they're, suck. They're cool, but in the context of the of the world, they fucking suck. They do have someone that they worship, and the term worship is used lightly. Um, she is a lich queen. <gasps> Fuck yeah! Um, <laughs> yeah. Under the chat. And in first edition, uh, said to have powers at the 24th level of magic use and possibly um, even higher. Um, um, that's double, that's double what there, there has ever been, if I remember. Yeah. Because there, yeah. like, there was the one 12th level spell and then Mistress said, no, 
Nobody's gonna fucking use that anymore. And then ban anything above yeah. nine. It was something like that. Nine. So there's like twelfth twelve twelfth? Twelve known levels. Of- <laughs> she just said fuck that. She's double like, it. Nope. Double, double it. This. I want two of it. Double or nothing. <laughs> she got her double. Um they live in these like huge castles, apparently, within the astral plane. That like that based on what the the twelfth level spell Karsa's avatar did, that would be like like the the power creep would be like universe ending. Oh yeah. Like that's like a, a literal like nuclear bomb. Monotheistic god powers. Like monotheistic omniscient, omnipresent, yeah. omnipotent god powers. And to be I would worship her too if she if she didn't like what? I'm and sorry. I'm just stuck on to that. To be honest, there is nothing that I have read that says anything about her being like held back by any sort of power <laughs> to where she couldn't just rise up and be like, "Hey, I own boom. I own everything." What the fuck? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> no, I I'm with you. And it's just, I can't move past it. It's <laughs> pretty it's pretty insane. Unfortunately, gonna have to move past it damn it okay (laughs) so each uh, castle is ruled by a supreme leader supreme leaders wield these special silver swords and it's only the supreme leaders that wield them they are plus five fully vorpal blades that affects mind barred victims is one of their names snoke (laughs) Mm, i mean i guess it could be (laughs) Stupid. Stupid. Okay, so when you say affects mind-barred victims, does that mean, like, it's more effective on uh, creatures that have been psychologically scarred, let's say? I believe so. Okay. Basically, if it's using that in battle, it's going to use it more against an enemy that has already been affected by the psionic abilities right. of the, the Githyanka. Wow, I can't talk. Githyanka? Githyanka. That there Githyanka. <laughs> Those turn Githyankas and their vorpal swords. <laughs> so I don't know why it was just so funny the way you said it. This, <laughs> this is a fun fact, and I, I actually have more information about this particular part later on. Apparently, the Githyanki have a pact with a group of red dragons. Oh, I remember this! Which, in return for shelter, food, and treasure, the red dragons will assist them while on the prime plane acting oh, as their steeds. I remember, I think I read about this in um, the, the, um, 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 Planar Dragons episode. You probably did. Yeah, because I think. Because the. I, oh, fuck! Most yeah. of the information that I have that explains more of like. Their whole backstory comes from uh, Guide to the Astral Planes. So, yeah, yeah I'm the, sure the... you've probably read it. Fuck yeah! Sorry, Luan's <laughs> hype. Luan's hype. I because I, I remembered reading about that from the other side, and I was like, oh, well, maybe one of these days, one of us will do an episode on the Githyanki. That's me. Hey! So we have some very brief information coming from the Ecology of the Mind Flayers. Uh, from Dragon Magazine 78 in 1983. So I read through this when I read the Mind Flayers episode. So if you'll recall, a lot of it from this article was basically a group of fighters that were planning on raiding a Mind Flayer encampment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they sent out a message into the astral plane for anyone who knew more about them to aid them in exchange for gold. Well, it was a Githyanki knight who responded and told them about the Mind Flayers. Right. Um, this is where their psionic strength is kind of like demonstrated outside of battle. Because at one point, the knight tells them he can read a hundred questions in your minds. Oh my god. So he's able to read, like, everybody's minds as he's just standing there. Astral projecting, by the way. He is not physically there. He has projected himself there. Nice. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, This is also the first time we hear about the fact that the Githyanki and the Githzerai are very different. And hate each other to an extreme point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one of the members mentioned the Githzerai. The knight basically just like screamed out in rage and called the Githzerai mad, traitorous wretches. Ooh. Dang. Yeah. What happened? Give me the tea. I've got that information a little bit later. Okay. Don't worry. Well, I always worry. <laughs> Fair. So jumping to the monstrous compendium from Spelljammer, Appendix 1. Mm-hmm. For a second edition that was released in 1990, um, they the Githyanki are a pretty big part of the Spelljammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Era. That's not the word. History. History. Sure, let's go with that. In this, though, we basically had a third faction that was mentioned that separated from the original Gith faction, which were the Pirates of Gith. <laughs> I, I do love me some pirates. They're space pirates. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Fuck. So this branch. <laughs> just, you say space pirates, and I think about the criminally underrated masterpiece Treasure Planet, and I just fucking <clears throat> die. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I love I've that movie. Never seen it. <gasps> okay, guys, we're taking our break now. <laughs> we'll be back in like an hour and a half. Oh, no, God. we we. But okay, but like Taylor, you need to re- you have to remedy uh, I'll this. I'll make him. Uh, it's on an ongoing list of things that he has to watch. I'm we'll bump not it up. A big watcher of things in general. Well, too bad. So instead of fleeing to the astral plane, this branch instead decided to flee to the arcane space. The arcane space. The arcane space. It's basically the setting of Spelljammer. It's the whole... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's the space I like to play in. Um, (laughs) These ones appear slightly differently. They are tall, emaciated beings that look almost like skeletal humanoids. Uh Uh-huh. I thought Githyanki already kind of looked like that. They do. These ones are more like their skin is very, like, tight against their bones. They oh, don't appear gotcha. to have a whole lot of muscle to they them. They look like actively emaciated instead of just like a thin. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, their skin varies from like a dirty gray to dirty yellow with long, dingy brown hair. They sound lovely. Yeah. Um, they often prefer... Some conditioner <laughs> and some vitamin C serum. Yeah. It'll be fine. I mean, they're in space. And I'm some... sure that can't do wonders for the hair or skin. Hmm. Hmm. I've never thought about it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what it would do, but probably nothing good. See, me neither, but I'm sure it's not, like... Great for you? Yeah. No, probably not. I don't yeah. know, though. Anyway. Um, so they often wear this really, like, ornate, bejeweled, like, arms and armor. Their weapons are always, like, very Ooh, much... Nice. It's a very pirate. Fancy and bejeweled. Pirate aesthetic. Yeah. 
Uh, these ones are lawful evil. What? They're pirates. Yeah, I'm not... They're pirates. Okay, but you have to remember, lawful really just kind of falls into... They have some... They, they have, have a code. They, they have, have their some own code. kind of organization. Yeah. They're not just indiscriminately killing and eating each other. Therefore, they're lawful. Exactly. Man, um, they're pirates. Man, how are you going to... How are you going to say pirates are lawful? I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. They operate from small bases built on asteroids and try to capture any ship that is larger, faster, 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 or better armed than theirs. That doesn't seem like the move. Um, their greatest fury, however, is reserved for any illithids. No. Any space illithids. <gasps> space flares. Yes. Yes. Mine's they will spare source. no expense to kill any illithid that they come across, and they will never use a captured illithid ship, even if it is stronger or better than oh, what they Oh, okay, so is. That's, that's their MO, is that they, they, they just, just refuse, refuse to, to use their enemies' anything. Well, no, 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 that they, that they yeah. like, break into someone else's ship, and then, like, they're like a hermit crab. Like, then they move in there, and they use that one. I mean, unless... It's an illithid. Unless it's an illithid. That's um, yeah. what I'm saying. For non yeah. for non illithid. Okay. See, I thought they just indiscriminately went around basically wanting to fight anyone who was bigger than them just because. Instead of no. like as an actual I mean, there is a reason that they want to capture ships larger and better than theirs. And I'll explain that here in a second. Oh, okay. Okay. So the whole pirate philosophy kind of carries over into every aspect of their life. The whole, like, the strongest can take what they want sort of thing. Uh, Lawful. Lawful. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Shit, you're right, though. I guess. Uh, Each ship Uh. is very important to the crew because that is the primary factor in determining their pecking order. Oh. Okay. Okay. Whoever has the largest, most well-armed ship is, is top of the pecking dog. order. Yeah. So that's why they will continuously look for a better one, because if you can yeah. capture one that's better than the person above you, you then, suddenly then, switch places. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, they will live with no other races. They're incredibly Dang. recluse. Yeah. And sometimes we'll even attempt genocide on any race that settles near them. So they're oh my. they're pretty xenophobic, you would say. Xeno you know, is in space. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, they will often prefer to take any elven ship that crosses their path because they have unique organic structure that gives them a special ability. Ooh. So oh, fuck, we need to do we need to do more um stuff about Spelljammer. Yeah. We really do. (laughs) Lewin's over here like, I know you're telling me something about the gith and everything. (laughs) But let me me talk about elves for a minute. But let's talk elves. Let me me focus. No, you haven't wanted to talk about elves at all. I don't know what an elf is. I'm just like, let me focus on the elves. So while at the helm of an elven-made ship, a gith can use their plane shift and astral spell abilities to shunt the entire ship and its contents... To the astral plane. What? Which allows them to retreat from combat without, like, losing much of their ship or crew if they become outgunned. hmm And mm-hmm. in turn, they can then wait in known shipping lanes that are astrally hidden 
before Ooh. returning back to the prime to launch an attack. Ooh, that's so cool. They are very smart boys. They, They're very smart. Yeah. Like they can use it as just an ambush tactic. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I'm very, very impressed. impressed. Yeah. Fucking Gith Space Pirates. We really do need to cover more Spelljammer then. Fuck. Yeah. That it's sucks. Just so cool. Um, let's see. We have the Monstrous Compendium. Outer Plains Appendix from 2nd Edition in mm-hmm. uh, 1991. And here we actually learn what Gith Yankee means in their own tongue. Gith language. Gith tongue. And it means sons of Gith. Okay, that makes Or sense. sometimes children of Gith, depending. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, depending on. Either way, some descendant of Gith, basically. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, she was their, their leader of their slave revolt and all that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Is she the, the lich queen that they worship? Gith? No. Mm. Nope, but... Because that would be kind of cool. There's a good reason for that. Oh. 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 Okay. Yeah. So what I found kind of fascinating is there has never been a Gith Yankee that will progress past the 11th level of experience. Okay. Okay. This is for one of two reasons. Okay. Uh, The first one is once one of them advances to 9th level, they are tested by the Lich Queen. This test involves surviving in one of the lower planes for several weeks on their own. Yeah. With failure obviously meaning death. And that probably happens pretty often because a lot of them are very uh, inhospitable. Yeah. Yeah. And if one does happen to reach the 12th level, it is only very briefly because they are then immediately taken out of the astral plane into the presence of the Lich Queen where their life force is then fed on by the Lich Queen. Oh, no. Because she fears that one might become stronger than her to overthrow her. No, I don't think they will if she's (laughs) fucking 24th level. Oh, Oh my God. I was so so caught up in the space pirates that I forgot about that and how that just, like, rips open a hole in everything. everything. I mean, in the universe, which she could do. With level 24 magics? Yeah. <laughs> she's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, she's, she's fine. fine. She's absolutely <laughs> fine. They've got so, like, they would have to become liches themselves and practice for thousands of years. They to would come need Vecna's up. help. They would need Vecna's help. They would need help. Vecna's help, Aseric's help. Uh, Kiara and Sally's. Any of the other Drake, any other, uh, all the Drake uh, liches. I'll say the Drake liches. Like, all yeah. of them. I couldn't remember one offhand, but. You just gotta find her phylactery. <sighs> Jesus. So, oh my god. It's just. Oh, you won't, because she's gonna use like 24th level illusion and enchantment magic to hide it. Good Christ. Fuck, I would. Good Christ. Oh. Um, I don't know how much anyone remembers from Taylor covering the different planes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how much Taylor remembers from <laughs> Taylor covering the different planes. There are. There's a tree. And sometimes it circles. That's what I remember. Okay, so. (laughs) Circles. um, Due to the environment of the astral plane, the Githyanki have had to evolve certain specialized groups for, like, specific tasks. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ones that they had issues with was food. Right. Because the astral plane is mostly just a barren, empty... Nothingness. Nothingness. Yeah. So they have... um, 
what's basically the equivalent of farmers for the Githyanki, and pronouncing all of these words is going to be hell. Okay, I can't wait. So for these, if I can pronounce it, I would say it's probably the glath, glath, glathk, glask. Glath. Well, you know, you're you're already one for one on pronouncing Githyanki, so yeah, that's a win. That is a win. Glath, yeah. Gl- glathk, Gla- glass. Um, these are specialized farmers where they built these artificial chambers where they grow, like, fungi and other plants that don't require sunlight. Mushroom, mushroom, mushroom farmers! They are also experts in aquatic plant life, and sometimes they will tend gigantic water gardens. Nice. Oh my god. And then you have the malar. Which are basically just their architects. Nice. So instead of uh, using their powers to become like wizards and fighters, these Githyanki use them to design and construct <gasps> the buildings that the Githyanki Hell use. Yeah. Psionic architects. <clears throat> I mean, it'd be pretty easy to build a building if you could just Make move it. the materials needed with your mind. Now, granted, that's actually very physically strenuous to do, but if you had enough of you. Oh, yeah. Especially the ones that are, like... They've worked for... Yeah, they yeah, are specifically trained. just this. Yeah. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, is it like... Never mind, you might get to it. I'll ask in a second. Then you have the Herakner. Herakner. These are basically energy collectors. Pretty much it boils down to there are many types of energy that flow through the astral plane, some of which are unknown to any but physically aware, or sorry, psychically aware creatures. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, if, I mean, yeah. yeah. Extrasensory perception, you know. And these particular Githyanki have learned to use their powers to collect and harness this energy for various things, purposes. Um, this particular one doesn't explain exactly what they use it for. Later on, I found out that they can use them to aid the Malar. They will like yeah. collect this energy and use it to help them build, build their structures. Okay. Yeah. And there's a few other things i can't recall at the top of my head but yeah they could probably shove some of it in like a like a bioderm for their mushrooms you know yeah yeah make make like glowing holy mushrooms and then it notes uh it notes a few times that the githyanki are very similar to humans but it also notes that unlike humans they never war amongst themselves oh so they're not like humans at all Uh, I got nothing. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm not wrong. There has only ever been one civil war that they've experienced, and that was the separation of the Githyanki and the Githzerai. Mm, Again, yes. I will cover more of that here in uh, just a few minutes. So are these different, like, specialized groups of Githyanki? Is it just like a job thing? Or is it like a cast thing? Like a selective breeding kind of thing. Like you would say this is a... It's kind of a... It's a job thing mostly. Okay, but it's maybe like a you're you're born and they're like, okay, you're going to be a Malar. Yeah, You're no. going to build buildings and you're going to be so good at it. As opposed to like, you know, like 
Okay. We're gonna breed you because we, you- we yeah we need you to marry this 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 woman because her family is really good at growing mushrooms. So that way you, you continue on the lineage of being good at growing mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, it did note that some like uh, some of the Millars specifically never actually develop the psionic strength to be used in battle. Okay. So I, mm. then they'll become architects. Mm. So there are some that aren't able to. I mean, I get. I guess the the mind breaking capabilities of psionics might be something that a Malar couldn't really use. But like the same telekinesis he used to slot a brick in place on a building can also be used to drop a brick on someone's head. So I, I enjoyed that um, hmm. analogy very much. Thank you. That's very one interesting. of my yeah. It's one of my proverbs for my cult that I'm starting. Hmm. Which one of the random D&D gods is it going to be in worship of? We'll find out. Sooner or later. So the rest of the information I have comes from a guide to the astral plane. That is the rest of this episode. Oh, so are we Are we not even... Is this still second edition? This is still second edition. <laughs> okay, we're not even leaving second edition, We folks. are not even leaving second edition, and I'm not sure how far we will get into second edition oh, on the next boy. episode. It depends oh, on oh. how much information I decide to pull out of it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> this well, Okay, well, this year, Travis is going to be the new Taylor. Yes. 2021. Finally. Apparently. And I will never be because I can't. what I have decided. I can't commit to one thing like that for that long. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, as far as research goes, <clears throat> I was Taylor, just, you know I can commit to a friendship for a very long this time. This is true. This is true. I was just going to leave it. I, w- I can't. Um, I can never leave things. But before we get to the rest of this lovely information, let's go ahead and take our break. God damn it. And then we will cover the rest of this particular section of notes. Yay! <laughs> get part one out of... Two or three, maybe. We'll see. see. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to, well, the first episode of 2021? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the first Uh, episode on the GIF. I don't know why you said that like a question. I want it to be different. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I just figured I'd bring the ad break in with something different this time. Oh, okay. I I, I thought you were confused. We do need to change it up every once in a while. I thought you were just confused on... Kind of like I did with that angle, and I'm sure that's going to sound amazing in post. That's fine. I thought you were just confused on, like, what year it was, (laughs) which, like, same. Nope, I was just being uh, different and weird. So, new year, but we do still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. New year, new dice! New year, new dice. Get you some new dice. You deserve it for surviving 2020... Yes. You just deserve it, you know? In you just deserve it in general. Treat yourself. Nice. Nice. And if you do decide to treat yourself... Yes, treat yourself. Go to MetallicDiceGames.com. They have a whole bunch of dice, pointy, exclusives. I think dice they have some uh, glow-in-the-dice. 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 <laughs> some glow-in-the-dice dark. Some glow-in-the-dark dice. <laughs> <laughs> the accessories, all of that lovely fun stuff. And uh, when you're checking out, go ahead and pop in the code DUNGEONPEDIA. For 10% off. For a whole 10% off. We're very tired. I don't know if y'all can tell. I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> I want food. I'm tired. I'm tired. 
I will speak for us next week. Uh, I will speak for us, however, in saying that we would really appreciate it if you were to check out our Patreon, Dungeonpedia. We have a $5 tier available for you to be able to read our notes. Sometimes it can be helpful. Yeah. And very messy. To sift through all this gif mess. Yes. Sometimes they're also very messy, but that's okay. That's how notes should be. Well, I mean, the notes would be helpful in sorting through this. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Travis's notes aren't messy. No, Travis has beautiful notes. Thanks. Also beautiful are accounts on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at Dungeonpedia. Yeah, give us a follow on those to get all sorts of weird, weird weird stuff. Weird, quirky, different stuff. And then what is also weird, quirky, and beautiful is some of the art we sometimes uh, share from the D&D community at large. Yeah. Some of the fun spells and crazy stuff. That's more so on, that's almost all exclusively on the Twitter page. Yeah. Yeah. You can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com if you have uh, any comments, corrections, uh, episode suggestions, which this episode was suggested by Angus Kirk on Twitter. Thank you. But you can also email us for those as well. Yes. Well, we respond on both. And while you are on your phone, which almost everyone is these days, while you are on your phone, you might subscribe to us on one of those little podcast platforms that you would be listening to this episode on. And that way you can get notifications every time we go live. Every time our episode goes live, we are not currently live. We have never gone live. And we never will because I have anxiety. Goes live. This ad break is the reason why we would never be live. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Uh, So while you're on your phone, if you could also remember to rate us and leave us a review on some of those apps where it allows we would really appreciate that. If you're on your computer, fuck you. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, even computer, you can leave reviews and ratings. Yeah. So yeah. Just, It's just that most people are not on their computers. This yeah. is true. I'm always on my computer. Playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> and most importantly, which you can do uh, no matter what device you're on, spread the word. Or no your, device. Or no device. So you can do it with, you know, words. And talking. <laughs> we don't we don't know anything about words and talking. <laughs> to your friends and family. Because we're so yes. gosh darn bad at it. Tell uh, anyone who wants to start off the new year with Get some absolute yonky. craziness. Just send them this episode and specifically tell them to listen to the ad break. Yeah, if if your friend's been down on them on themselves about how like he's been like functioning as a human being. Stupid they are ad break. And you'll see that well, we are like that, too. We're all like Except for Alexander Nakarada, who made our theme song Blacksmith and is probably a lot more functional than we are. He, like the song, is flawless. True. So thank you. Very true. Thank you, Alexander. And with that, let's get back to some words that actually make some sense. And that's in kind a, of insane to say. Because it's in a, the gith language. And it's also Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Let's go. All right, give me more. <laughs> I should have. Proved- just came. Just <laughs> nope. right off the top. I was, no, it didn't. It was actually very hard to say. I I was not ready for that. I, I wasn't I was, either. I was dumbstruck. I didn't know either. how to react. I didn't. I didn't run that past the filter. <laughs> no, um, I like so it. So like it just kind of. I I didn't like it. A A plus. No, no, yeah. I don't deserve that. So a guide to the Ashel Plane. Second edition, 1996. 
Same. October. Uh, oh. No, not same. I actually have no idea if it was like October. <laughs> okay. I was just going with it at this not point. Not same. So here we finally get more background on the leader Gith Fuck and yeah. the history of the Gith Yankee. Fuck yeah. So like I said before, Gith was stronger in mental strength and resolved in the rest. So she was the one that was able to lead the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During said rebellion... Uh, Gith told the slaves not to kill every elephant or destroy every stronghold, which okay. is likely why okay. some of them still remain. I, I wonder why she made that decision. I'm honestly not even 100% sure. Because the, the world would have been a lot better off had she it just been would like, have been. Yeah, yeah, fuck all you guys. Maybe she was trying to do that nice kind of thing. That, she was trying to be noble. Yeah, that noble thing that like heroes and every fucking piece of media do where it's like, oh, we're not going to stoop down to their level. We're just going to murder most of them. Except they kind of do stoop down to their level. But oh. not all of them. Okay, or, or maybe, I'm, or maybe, it, patiently. maybe it was just a tactical thing. Like we Which, don't have, we don't, you know, we like, like we don't have the manpower to do this, so we're just going to take out these key people so we can like get the fuck out. Yeah, basically, she wanted them to destroy enough of the strongholds that severed the tie between all of them, because at this point in time, the mind flayers had the largest like nation, basically. Wow. Like, they were slowly starting to take over the world, and no one was quite sure what to do about them. Uh, bleed a slave revolt and kill a bunch of them. Apparently. Duh. 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 <laughs> Just kill them. Duh. Um, so after they won their freedom, Gith then ordered her people to continue their campaign to annihilate the Illithids and establish an empire of conquest of their own. <laughs> she slept on it after they, like... Wait, hold on. Did something didn't sit right with me there. An empire of conquest on their own, huh? Yep. Yeah. Well, no, she, like, slept on it after trying to do that, like, noble hero thing and then was like, you know what? No, actually, fuck them. <laughs> We're gonna go kill all of them now. Fuck that. Which, I mean, like, to be fair, like, to go back and kill all of them is like, yeah, sure. But maybe in es- establishing an empire of conquest, not so much. Maybe yeah, not that. Well. It's a little, uh... little much. little, uh, you know, repeating the cycle, perhaps. And, you know, there were a few people that agreed with you on that one. Well, that's good. Yeah? Yeah. Good to know. Not... Everyone followed her commands. There mm-hmm. was a new figure by the name of Zerthamon. Oh, let me guess. Is the Gitzerai? Because it's a Z. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eloquent explanation as to why I came to that conclusion. Because of Z. Because he's got a Z in his name. Um, he gained a significant following and eventually challenged Gith's plans. Oh. <clears throat> well, that's. Oh, no, he didn't. He uh, claimed that Gith was evil and that she yeah. would lead the people into darkness and tyranny, not unlike the Illithids. Yeah, y'all are all evil. Oh. <laughs> so, like, is it a surprise? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not from their perspective. Yeah. And, uh, from you know. <laughs> from my point of view, <laughs> Gith Yankee are evil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Taylor's the one who opened that I door. I did. That I was, was just, my bad. I was just going to leave it, but Taylor opened Jesus that door. Jesus Christ. Um, obviously, Gith didn't really take kindly to that. Mm. So this wound up causing the one and only civil war amongst all of the Gith Yankee. And well, the group led by Zerthamon, who wound up calling themselves the Gith Zerai. Okay. Do we know what that means? Uh, like Gith Zerai basically means, like, against Gith. More or less. Dang. 
Because Yankee means like child. Yeah, it was basically like the ones that are against Gith. So the children of Gith versus the um, ones against Gith. The 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 um, rebels. Uh, the the opposition. Yeah, in opposition will. of. Dang, and that must suck for them to have their whole entire identity based on that. But whatever. yeah, well, uh, during the battle, Zerthamon was slain. Rip. And then his followers retreated to Limbo. Rip. Man, imagine being a parent and naming your child something that basically means like opposition. Because <laughs> this is said, like if we're if we're assuming that those have the same like root. Yeah. You just name your kid like just basically opposition of evil. Oh, could be. Yeah. Wait, they're they are evil though. Well, I'm saying opposition of good. <laughs> they, again, from a certain point of view, I guess. I'm just saying. Just feels like a weird thing to name your kid. Yeah, well. That's fair. Well, no, I'm saying Zerthamon's parents. Yeah. Like, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Zerthamon's parents. Like they're like, hey, what are we <laughs> what are we gonna name our kid? Uh opposition. That's not Zerthamon. That's what uh Zerai means. Yes. Gith Zerai. Well no, 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 that's what I'm saying is assuming those words have a similar root. Yeah, she she's Oh yeah. okay. I was Assum- like, I'm assuming those words have a similar root, which Possibly. They sound similar. So, Giz forces also sustained, like, tremendous losses. At this point, they were not able to actually continue their conquest because they had lost so much. In the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gith led the Githyanki to the conquered Illithid settlements that were on the Astral Plane to kind of regroup. And she basically planned on staying there. To where she knew that they would be safest until their numbers could rise back up in order to continue the conquest. Yeah. Which okay. now included not only killing all Illithid, but also the Githzerai. Yeah, you <laughs> might have yeah. yourself a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. There and so this conquest is taking place on the Prime, though, right? Um, No, it's all mostly on the Astral Plane. Oh, okay. They rarely go to the Prime unless it's to... Pretty much kill Illithid or anyone Githzerai. that are aiding them. Yeah, gotcha. And Githzerai. Mm-hmm. There was a wizardess by the name of Vlakith who wound up uh, advising Gith in matters of state and advised her that the Githyanki would need allies if they were going to fight against the Githzerai and the Illithid. Like red dragon allies? <clears throat> Ooh. Gith agreed, though she wasn't... Too happy about, happy it. about it. Yeah, I can And imagine. she attempted to ally with the Slotty, which was Limbo's, like, native race. <laughs> Good old sloppy Slotties. <laughs> um, I don't even know. I don't even know anything about them. Their name is just funny to me. But for one reason or another, it didn't specify. She failed at gaining an allegiance with them. Maybe because she's <clears throat> evil and possibly a bitch. She probably and is. Maybe not the best in negotiations. Vlokith then advised Gith, maybe she should descend into Bator mm-hmm. to meet with mm-hmm. uh, none other than Tiamat. Hey! Tiamat's just like, oh, you must be desperate to come to me. Now, it says whatever occurred at that meeting is one of the best-kept secrets in all the planes. They fucked. Ooh, because uh, yeah, only Gith... Tiamat and one of Tiamat's consorts, which was a red great worm known as a Philemon, know what happened. Yeah, they fucked. They <laughs> fucked. <laughs> like, I'm just 
Just saying. It's what happened. Well, whatever happened, <laughs> Aphilmon wound up going to the astral plane and instructed Vlakith that Gith named her as the successor and that she was to carry on to Gith's plans as Gith would not be returning. Oh! Oh. Uh, huh. Wait, where was... Did... Okay, I'm assuming you'll tell us exactly, precisely what happened to Gith shortly. No, because that's all there is. Dang. It says Gith doesn't return, and that is it. I literally have no idea what happened to Gith. Whether she, she just, decided to stay and be a consort of Tiamat, yeah, or that's what I was going to say. Tiamat ate her. Also, or, well, I mean, those th- those things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. The Philemon also announced that an in, an eternal pact was made between the Red Dragons and the Githyanki. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the pact that I had mentioned earlier, where the Red Dragons would always aid the Githyanki on the Prime. Yeah. So whatever I might, happened... I might have talked about that in the Tiamat episode. I don't know. You might have. I don't know. I've done a lot of episodes about a lot of different kinds of dragons. So I don't know. It's, it's all starting to blur together, together for you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Vlokith and her descendants have since then always ruled the Githyanki. And over time, they kind of lost the resolve and focus of Gith plans, basically. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Githyanki are now fragmented and form small isolated groups rather than being one unified nation. Hmm. It's kind of... You gotta wonder, though, if that was actually, w- like, what happened. Well, I when I say what happened, like, if GIF, 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 if GIF, if in internet file format, Jesus, um, told uh, Ephelamon, like, hey, this, <laughs> I'm not gonna be as vulgar as I wanted to, um, the, the sex is too good, I'm not going back to the astral plane, uh, tell Vlocket to take care of it. Peace out. Or if maybe something more nefarious happened. Yeah. And Tiamat told Ephelamon, like, hey, you're gonna go and you're gonna tell them this. Like, trying to do her thing where she tries to, you know, gain influence in right. different organizations. You yeah. know what I mean? She, she would love to have a control on this group. Yeah. Like, I like to imagine that she and Gith are just like... In whatever whatever Tiamat's twisted version of love is, but you know, I'm assuming something more nefarious happened. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta wonder though, which it is, because it doesn't, it doesn't say what actually happened. It it, It it doesn't, doesn't. and I am curious, but guess we'll never know. Unfortunate, unless something comes out and tells us, (laughs) which it probably won't. Though that would be cool. So, while they were slaves, both the Githyanki and the Githzerai, I mean, obviously because at one point they were the same yeah. faction, right? Uh, underwent horrible experiments by the Elethids ah, as they were trying to make them into great warriors for their armies. Love it. <laughs> yeah, love to read about it. They were also forced to work in areas that no human was meant to. And these strange energies wound up altering them for all of time. Which is kind of how it explains more so how they came to be... Psionic? Psionic. Yeah. Like, dealing with these weird energies, these weird experiments, and constantly being mind-blasted. Yeah. Basically gave them the ability to 
do so or to to be like yeah, 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 it yeah. gave them like these inherent magical powers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Which all of them can use plane shift, traveling the planes at will. That's so cool. Though apparently they call it Jezrothki, which literally translates to seeping through the cracks. Okay, that's, that's fucking cool. That's cool. And also that mental image is kind of bizarre. Good. Yeah. Well, no, not good. Kind of bad, actually, yeah. but interesting. So, like you just like splat against a wall and just like. Through the wall, reform on the other side. Yeah, yeah, I take back what I said. Is it just because I made that mouth sound? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Their lifespan is in normal conditions, double that of a human. In normal conditions. In normal conditions, but the astral plane's not normal conditions, is it? Exactly. Uh-huh. Time does not pass in the astral plane, and since they mostly live on the astral plane, they tend to live much, much longer than a normal like. Two-time human lifespan. Yeah. If a Githyanki were to spend all of its time on the prime plane, they would live basically two human lives before dying. Yeah, 180, 200 years. But because they live on the astral plane, they live much longer. Well, how do they age then if time doesn't pass? So, see, here's the thing. Oh. When you're in the astral plane... I love when I have questions that I think are purely rhetorical and then they actually get answered. They. This does have an answer. When you're in the astral plane, time doesn't pass for you, but time does pass pretty much everywhere else, especially like back on the prime plane. Right. right. So when you leave the astral plane, time catches up to you. <gasps> Ooh. Which can be very bad depending on how long you spend in the astral plane. Yep. Like yeah. if say you have spent your whole life there. Yes. So they developed a spell that stops time from catching up to them when they leave the astral plane. Though some of them do not apparently have access to this power, and they're generally the ones that will prefer to never leave. Yeah, because that feels like it. it, it Suicide. In, in spite of everything, it would be like higher level magic. Yeah. To like, I don't know, mess with time, especially yeah. if they're like older. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird balance that if they are going to the prime plane, they have to make sure that this stasis basically is on them otherwise they will age for however long they've been there and they could just immediately turn to dust <laughs> just like shrivel up Yay! and die hey <laughs> just immediately yeah it's kind of strange um their digestive system has also been affected by this whole living on the astral plane thing mm-hmm. and has kind of like atroph- atrophied slightly because it has long periods of inactivity because food is not required on the astral plane right Time doesn't pass. You do not get hungry. You do not get thirsty. You don't get sleepy? You don't get sleepy. You <sighs> pretty much mm-hmm. are however you are when you get there, and that's it. <laughs> or you get there when you're hungry, and you're just hungry for all time. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no matter how much... Oh, man, that, that'd be like a fucked up... Um, like Punishment? Gre- like Greco. Like Greco-Roman type, uh, you know, myth punishment. <laughs> it's like Tantalus, but worse. Starve you and then send you to the astral plane where and, you're just forever hungry. And you just you gorge yourself on food, but it doesn't help. Yeah. You know. Damn. Anyway. Sucks. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But when they do leave, they generally require lots of meat to like make up for the atrophied digestive system. They have to get all the of these like proteins and calories and everything like right. to literally like rebuild their digestive tract. Yeah. So, uh, astral eat, whales like, are 
apparently a common target for hunters. Legumes, tofu, quinoa, but no. Astral whales. Astral whales. Aren't they endangered? No. I was joking about real life whales. Sorry. <laughs> so, Astral uh, whales. Fuck. That's cool. Sorry. I have a very important question. Yes. Uh-huh. Are you ready to hear about how they reproduce? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> I've never been more ready. Um... There's actually not a whole lot to it. Damn it! Um, Travis just clickbaited me. I did. They have evolved from their human counterparts, and they are egg layers. Sick. That's weird. I mean, it's it's. I would say it's arguably more efficient. I mean, yes. Yes. Are I they mean, still mammals though? I mean, mammals can lay eggs. <laughs> Look at platypi. That's fucking right. <laughs> um, I mean, it never said they were mammals in the first place. Well, they have hair, so... They're humanoid. Well, they're humanoid, but that doesn't mean they're mammals. Yeah, like, uh, humanoid lizards exist. Yeah? That's true. Dragonborn See, are... See, y'all are pulling up all of these questions that I'm now gonna have to find answers <laughs> Dragon, to Dragonborn are, are, like, are warm-blooded, but they're not... They're not, um, mammals. Actually, they might be. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. In any case, the reason isn't exactly known why they wound up evolving to... Lay eggs, but they have two theories that exist. Okay. Um, this is either due to the experiments of the elephants, perverts, or basically just the long exposures to all of the strange energies in the astral plane that wound up just affecting them. In They're just like that weird ass way. It's just yeah. like fuck you. You lay eggs now. Also, yeah. I, I mean, I could. I don't know. The elephant were probably into some weird shit. Probably. Um, there is always an egg chamber in any like <laughs> colony. <laughs> Okay. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I thought you meant like in their in their physiology in their bodies. And I was like, no. why is it called an egg chamber, Travis? <coughs> no, it is an <laughs> egg chamber within their colony. That's what I call my ovaries. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. Oh god. Oh, Depending sorry. on the size the- of the community, there could be multiple. I'm, I should pick the wrong time to take a drink. And uh, this is, I guess, obviously where all eggs are kept and guarded. I almost fucking died. Um, there are no families in the Githyanki. Oh, it's like a communal. Yes. The young are raised him. in like a communal fashion. Okay. Well, that's fun. Now, to answer your earlier question as to how they age. Uh-huh. Since, you know, time doesn't. Pass on the astral plane. Right. Mm-hmm. The caretakers, uh, known as Varsh, will plane shift the eggs and the young that they are in charge of periodically to other planes in order for them to mature. So at a certain point, they will like plane shift the eggs and see how far along they are. If they wind up hatching or not, then they'll shift back. And as the younger growing up, they'll periodically shift back and forth to let them age mm-hmm. back and forth to a certain point where the young will pretty much have to stay in the astral plane or stay in like the prime plane or another plane to fully mature. So one would imagine that these, because um, I don't know precisely how the spell works, but one would imagine that these Varsh, I mean, probably do have access to that spell to stop the catch up effect. But one would imagine that, assuming that that doesn't prevent them from aging, period, the spell, that they would actually be 
some of the more notable and maybe only people in get society to actually age naturally. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Because that... I'm assuming the strictures of the spell are just to stop the catch-up effect from moving between the astral plane and the prime. But if they spend like a few years there... They'll, I mean, like, like it'll, it'll be slow, slow but they'll age. They will age. So one would imagine that maybe these Varsh are some of the only Githyanki that actually get old. Which is pretty cool to think about. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean... And because of all the hassle and yeah. to like raising them Sounds and like their a hassle. whole like long lifespan of the Githyanki, the birth rate is actually pretty low. I'd imagine. Like, like yeah. they don't have to spawn that much. Good word choice. Thanks. And this said that as a race, they are undeniably evil. Aw. They hate virtually anything that is not Githyanki. And will delight in the conquest, enslavement, torture, and Wait. destruction of all non-Githyanki. Wait. <laughs> yep. Enslavement? Yep. I mean, I guess that's just one of those kind of cycle effects. Because you, you maybe kind of would think, like, after they'd spent so long being subjugated, that they would be, like, harshly anti-slavery, which is sometimes the... That what happens. What happens with, like, races and D&D and stuff. But I think also maybe it's the kind of thing where it's like, if that's all that was modeled to you, that's, that's all that you, the, you kind of know. So it's like, yeah, we were, or, or even like, yeah, we were slaves. Fuck that. Let's go, let's go enslave other people because we had to suffer. Now, I will say on that note, they make slaves of their enemies only for a very short period of time, specifically for intense humiliation. Oh, awesome. And then they are ritually sacrificed to the queen. Sacrificed? Sacrificed. They are the ritually sacrificed to the Lich Queen. Ooh. Beautiful. Ooh, time to be a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <sighs> Jesus. Sorry. So, um, first and foremost, when it comes to, like, their whole culture, I mean, they're a warrior race. Yeah. Right. Um, all Githyanki, doesn't matter, male and female, train for combat as a warrior or a wizard or, in rare occasions, sometimes both. <gasps> Battle mage. Fuck yeah. Um, their rank is not based on their achievements or victories in battle, but instead is based on pure skill. Yeah, okay. Their skill is tested and then classified by higher-ranking members where they fall at their current skill level. Hmm, okay. So the more powerful you are, the higher-ranking you are. But it actually has nothing to do with... Like... Yeah. Yeah. Your actual, yeah. So people like me would be fucked because I have no actual skills, but yet sometimes I just manage to luck my way through and do things. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no actual skills, so... Yeah. Now, uh. this is gonna seem very odd, and it did mention that there's a lot of, like, contradictions within their culture. They consider personal freedoms and individuality of uh, very high importance. Hmm. Hmm. Well, mm, no. No, that... Mm, eh. Ignoring no. the fact that they make slaves, even well, for no, a no, short no. period of time. They don't make slaves of... of of people, though. They make slaves of non-Githyanki. Yeah, anyone that's not them, basically. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably their distinction in their brain. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying that, <laughs> that, that, that Reds and D&D &D aren't people. 
<laughs> now, here's one of the cool parts that I'm sure that you guys are going so to that, enjoy. That, that doesn't that doesn't completely not gel. That makes sense to me that they value personal freedoms for Gith Yankee, yeah. aka actual people to them. Pretty much. I'm with it. Um, they express their individuality through dress, art, and combat techniques. Aw, just like humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong. No. They tend to use these, like, large, sweeping gestures and sword strikes with, like, intricate flourishes mm-hmm. and, like, very practiced <laughs> movement in battle. Nice. Their dress and manufactured items, more so like their armors and weapons, are usually gaudy, elaborate, ornated with special like designs and gems, gems and, and gold and filigree. And yeah, kind of like their space pirate counterparts. Yeah, yeah. They create very elaborate sculptures and paintings, often with what humans would call surrealistic nature. Oh, fuck yeah. But they claim that the long exposures to all the strange energies gave them the abilities to see things in ways humans cannot, and that their art is actually realistic in how they see it. (gasps) Okay, headcanon, they have mantis shrimp eyes. Yeah. And they can see, like, a fuck ton of colors. Yeah. Headcanon time. I would totally agree with that. Fuck yeah. They also tend to create drama, poetry, and song as well. Aw, nice. But these are so strange and often contain psionic elements or references to like astral intricacies that most non-Gith Yankee literally cannot comprehend it. Like they just hear nothing. Yeah, they Or they, they hear maybe go ahead, sorry. Yeah, just they literally can't comprehend what they're reading or seeing or hearing. It's- or, or maybe they hear part of it, but it comes out this like non or this like a discordant nonsense. Yeah. And then you have one like high level psionic party member that's just weeping at the beauty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And the rest exactly. of the party is like either they can't hear it and they're like, uh, is 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 something happening? Or they're like, this sounds like shit. <laughs> but the, the, the psionic party members just like falls to their knees weeping. You don't understand. You don't get it. <laughs> so their societal structure is pretty much as follows. You have knights, which actually operate outside of the like normal rankings. Mm-hmm. Because they are warriors who are solely devoted to the queen herself and act as her eyes and ears. Then you have the Gith Warriors, who are the fighters of the Gith Yankee. Yeah. And unlike knights, they can actually raise in ranks to become higher-ups. They wound up pretty much going through, and eventually they'll become a Sarth, which is a sergeant, and then a Kithrak, or captain. Yeah, so kind of like a... It's very militaristic. Yeah, military structure. Then you have the Warlocks, which are basically Gith Yankee wizards. Those are two different things. Ah, the title has nothing to do with gender, though. Nice. In their society. And since magic to them is just another tool or a weapon, warlocks, wizards, it's all the same to them. So what they call a wizard could be a warlock or could be a mage or vice versa. But to them, it's all the same. And they have no greater or lesser spot than any non-wizards. Okay. Mm. Um, they tend to prefer like direct destructive spells. Nice. And with some other spells used if an occasion arises. So they're like evocation specialists. 
Yeah. I wonder if some of their warlocks maybe um, are given patronage by um, their queen, their weird lich queen. I don't know if she can do that. I, I also wonder that. Or maybe, because I mean, I don't, I don't know if they can worship other people, so. And then you have the gish, which <laughs> translates to just skilled. Nice. And this is a warrior that is trained in both fighting and spellcasting. Sick. They are rare and very well respected, often becoming leaders or other people of influence. Mm-hmm. And this is also the only multi-class that is allowed in the Githyanki society. Hmm. And then, of course, you have psionics, which, like, about three-fourths of Githyanki are what they call wild talents. Basically, they have the innate ability to become a psionic. Yeah, they have, right. like, innate psionic powers as opposed to trained. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they are trained, but, you know. And then a great many of those have special training of psionicists. Yeah. So... They're, like, really not differentiated between warlocks either. Again, magic is magic to them. Psionics are very different, but to them, it's all magic. It falls in the purview of magic. So you could have someone that they would refer to as a warlock, but is actually a psionicist. Probably. Probably. Okay. And then you have the Malar, like I explained earlier. The architects. The uh, Reckoner. The energy. The energy guys. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And this went into a little bit more detail of how they can use the energies. Um, They can use them to become healers, physical, mental, or spiritual, uh, craftsmen, seers, and transport specialists. Transport specialists. Yes. So they're like, they're like, um, oh, what's it? What's it? Um, Uber. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's the only thing they came to mind. No, it's a, it's an engineering discipline. Fuck. All I can I I have no clue. All I can remember is that it's what John Kramer from Saw was. Y'all know. <laughs> anyway. So under the Rackner, you have the various different types of Civil engineers. Sorry. There you go. Energy users. Uh, you have the Varithin, which are the ones that specialize in collecting the energy to aid the Malaran building. The Sinjasi. Ooh. Which are the seers who are able to look into the actual energies to predict the future and view the present and the past. Very Sick. nice. And then the yearn, which are the transport specialists. And they can use these energies to teleport up to 2,000 pounds of material anywhere on the astral plane. And they yearn to Once have their day. talents recognized <laughs> in a higher, more specialized capacity. Jesus Christ. Sorry. And then you have the Talaikith. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Talaketh. Also known as sword spirits. Ooh, that's pretty sick. These are undead Githyanki knights that remain on the astral plane as invisible spirits animating the sword that they used in their life. And they are mostly like stuck to a specific area, which is the area that they considered most important when they were alive. And that's what they guard. My house. They cannot be told what to do. <laughs> they can't be commanded in any way. They, they just have, like, ghosts. Just Yeah, they just it's have just basically ex- these floating swords guarding different areas. It's just this expected part of their society that they just have fucking ghost swords. <laughs> just hanging just out. Just hanging around. Just hanging out. Ghost <laughs> swords. Because <laughs> you gotta know, for some of them, it was, like, their house. Or, like, the pub. You know? Oh, yeah. The... The brood chamber. Yeah, the 
the spot. I was actually I was about to say the spot where they lost their virginity, but you know, or that sure, <laughs> you know. Anyway. So to wrap up the first uh, part here, because we are running a little long. Oh right, I forgot. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm probably um, gonna. We have this. the Lich Queen. Yes. Information about the Lich Queen. So currently, uh, Queen Vlakith the one hundred and fifty seventh. What is the most recent queen of the Githyanki and has ruled her people for well over a thousand years? And she was. It wish is she. She is of direct descendant of Vlokith of the first. The wizardess. Yes. Gotcha. But unlike all of her predecessors, this queen is a lich. Oh, so the other ones were just people. Yes. Uh, she transformed herself into a lich. She has no heirs. Cool. And because of her undead state, she now cannot produce any heirs. I mean, yeah. yeah. So Kinda, if yeah. she were to be destroyed, the Aeon's old bloodline... Would die with her. Wait, was was um was Vlokith, uh the first a Githyanki? Yes. Okay. 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 For some reason, I imagine them. Which I know that this wouldn't make sense given their society, but for some reason, I imagine they're them bringing in like a third party, like a human. Which is on me for assuming she was a human, but right. You no, know. she was a Githyanki. Okay, gotcha. Um, that makes more sense. The Lich Queen lives in the Githyanki city of Tunaroth. Ooh. Which is the largest and most important Githyanki community. And she lives in a grand palace all by herself. Big mood. <laughs> Big mood. Um, she resembles an aged, blackened corpse. Big mood. <laughs> with smoldering emerald eyes. Generally preferring Ooh. to wear these long purple robes with like intricate gold embroidery. Ooh, she got the Mardi Gras colors. I fucking love the descriptions of Lich's eyes, by the way. Me too. Like how they always go back to gemstones and they're always like ominously glowing. Yeah. Sick. She has a headdress of gold and rubies that signifies her position, as well as a golden scepter encrusted with even more rubies and topped with the head of a red dragon. Ooh. Legend says that this was gifted to her by the original Vlakith. By Ephelamon. Yeah, because of their um their pact that they had. Yes. Sick. So I, I guess Ephelamon gifted the original Vlaketh this scepter and it has been In the family. In the family for eons. Fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you could imagine that most of it was probably Vlaketh the what, hundred and fifty seventh? Hundred and fifty seventh. Because it said she ruled for well over a thousand years. Yeah. Yep. And there's just a hundred and fifty six well, I guess that could be quite a while, too. Yeah, anyway. it depends on how long those other ones lived. A big chunk of it was probably her, though. No, oh, probably. Uh, 157. They use, back to this, just the Githyanki here, they use these tiny bird-like creatures that apparently are known as astral streakers, as messengers, <laughs> scouts, and spies. <laughs> they can use their magic or psionics to see what the uh, avian agents have seen, and... I felt like this was a great stopping point. They also keep spectral hounds Ooh. as guardians and trackers. Ooh, that you fucks. intrigued Lewin. That's so cool. Spectral hounds. Spectral hounds and naked birds. Hmm. What a combo. Okay, you can't, pre- you can't pretend like you weren't laughing at streakers for the exact same reason uh, I was. No, I, I, I was too. It actually never crossed my mind until you said that. But that's well, all the information it's, I now have. Now it's crossed your mind and naked. the mind of yep. all <laughs> of our listeners. 
I'm I mean, sorry, they, dear listeners. I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all were probably thinking it too. If y'all are anything like me. <clears throat> or if you guys heard me and Lewin snickering, <laughs> which is undeniable that you did. Because um, yeah. I won't be able to edit that out because Travis was talking. <laughs> but thank you for listening. Thank we you. We still appreciate it very much. <clears throat> Don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms on Twitter, on Instagram. Those are the two of them. Those various. Those are the two of them. Hey, it is technically various because it, it is more than one. That's yeah, true. and they're different. But more than that, we would so appreciate it if you could spread the word to your friends, your family. This year, spread Dungeonpedia. Yes, that is the that is the motto of 2021. Spread Dungeonpedia. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. What? No, I don't know. No? No? Mm-hmm. You don't want to spread Dungeonpedia? <laughs> I don't want to spread anything. That's fair. Hmm. Well, if you have anything you would like to suggest, much like Angus has as a topic for us to cover, you can email us at Dungeonpedia at... Wow. Email us at Dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. And I think with that, thank <laughs> you for listening to our first episode of 2021. Woo! You made it. We'll catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia. 24! 24! <laughs> That's t- too many. She's an incredibly powerful lich. That's not even... Yeah, she's a 24th level lich. It's too much. There's too many spells. You know what's even worse than 24? 25. (laughs) 25.